I'd like to talk a little bit about what it is to be on retreat, because uh, a retreat is a very, um, a very special experience. It's uh, a lot of thought, a lot of uh, consideration goes into how we are on retreats. And Janet was giving us, you know, some of the the practical details, and I'd like to explore a little bit, you know, sort of sort of some of the underlying purposes of, you know, some of the things that Janet mentioned and also some other things as well. So we're, we're coming together, uh, first of all, with a common purpose. And I think it's important to affirm that as we begin, that uh, we're, we're very diverse people, that we're coming from different places, we have you know, different uh, backgrounds, different professions, um, different life experiences. But there is a commonality in our purpose. And, um, and we're, we're on some, in some way, and, and, and you might express it uh, in, in, in your own words, but in some way each one of us wants to become free, become free of grief, of anxiety, of, uh, of incessant wanting, of judgments, self-judgments, free of suffering. And, uh, and we also are inspired to uh, try to be uh, a person who manifests in this world in a way that's beneficial, that's, that's kind, that's, uh, that brings uh, in some way some, uh, some good into the world. You know, I think that, um, that that's a statement that probably uh, everybody could connect with in whatever way that you, you think of it, you know, specifically and personally for yourself. And so we're 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 coming together in this uh, in this circle uh, to practice together, and there's a, there's a, a particular word uh, that describes people who come together for this purpose of uh, of practice of of meditation practice of becoming free of becoming um, a uh, a kinder and uh, and and more loving person, and, uh, and that word is sangha. Uh, we're forming a sangha here, uh, and uh, we're forming the sangha for the duration of the time that we're together. It's a very special community. It's, it's, uh, the Buddha called it precious. They called it one of the, the, uh, the, the, the three precious gems, the other being you know, the awakened Buddha, or the awakened teacher, and uh, and the teaching itself, the Dharma. <clears throat> so um, so we're we're forming this community dedicated to awakening, and uh, and so I'd like to uh, I think of the, I think of the this this sangha and this. Uh, you know, this um, environment that we've created 
uh, as being a kind of a technology that uh, supports this process of, of, uh, of exploration and inquiry into the mind, into the heart, into, you know, how we are with our own self, with our experiences, that, um, you know, that we can discover freedom. So, um, so the first thing that I'd like to talk about in terms of this technology is the silence. And, uh, and Janet mentioned that, that we're in silence and that um, so we're not talking to each other and that if, uh, if there are any issues that come up. Um, so first of all, uh, silence is an opportunity to let go of our habitual interactions. You know, we're always uh, kind of, you, you, you know, we meet somebody that we know, you know, hi, how are you, I'm fine, what's new, you know. So we can just let go of that. And this frees us to pay attention to our inner process. So when we, when we enter into silence, we're really giving a gift to ourselves and a gift to the other Sangha members here. So, um, so, and there's no need to become tight around it, you know, like, like sometimes people think, oh, oh, I, you know, I looked at that person and, you know, and then feel bad about it afterwards. So if you look at somebody and smile, you know, just because you feel uncomfortable not doing it, it's okay, you know, just, but, but a, a very, uh, a very kind of easeful way that I find when, when I'm walking past somebody, and um, and I I feel um, you know I want to in some way just uh, be comfortable in that in that passing is I just I I just look down, and and I can smile in case you know I can just have a gentle smile in case they're looking at me. Uh, so if you like to do that, that's fine. Or just, or just look down, uh, and um, and let go of the uh, the habitual kind of um, connecting through the eyes. It's uh, it's actually when you get used to it, it feels quite lovely and spacious to um, to just be together in this way, which is not interacting, you know, in, a, in, in sort of, uh, you know, this automatic way. <clears throat> so, we're turning our attention to awareness, um, to just the, the presence of uh, awareness in our moment-to-moment -moment experience. And this is different from thinking about things. And so, you know, we notice that when we stop talking, the actually the talking, the inner talking doesn't necessarily stop, does it? You know, so we continue talking, you know, to ourselves. But, but we can begin to notice that. And, and just not keep pursuing it. So we notice that, that there's still inner chatter, a lot of inner chatter. 
And when we notice it, we can just be aware that, okay, there's, there's talking. And then go back to just being present in the breath. I'm going to be talking a little bit um, this evening about uh, practicing with attention to the breath, attention to the body. So we, we just keep coming home to presence in the body in very simple and direct ways. Feeling the breath, feeling ourselves, even now as we're sitting here. You know, you can come home into the body and, and feel your body sitting in the chair or on the floor. Feel your breath. And just coming into the body has a, has a calming and grounding effect. So we're, um, we're bringing our awareness to the present. And this practice of present moment attention is called mindfulness. So we just, uh, and, this, and silence really supports this um, practice of awareness. Um, so uh, Janet mentioned about um, uh, refraining from reading and writing. Uh, when you're attending, uh, when there's a Dharma talk, you know, it's better not to take notes. You know, maybe if, if you really feel you need to, to write a word or two. But, but there's a way of listening to a Dharma talk, which is being present in silence and allowing whatever it is that's being said in the talk to resonate within you. So it might not be everything that's said, it might be a phrase, it might be a particular story, or just, uh, just a few sentences. But, but there's a, it's, um, it's a way of listening which is listening from a space of silence. You know, without trying to grasp it or hold on to it, but just allowing it to touch you in the moment. <clears throat> so, um, there will be um, some meetings, some group meetings, that uh, will be an opportunity for you to talk about your practice. Um, so we're going to meet in, in, in two separate groups, so it'll be a, a, a smaller group. And, uh, and any questions that you have, uh, any comments that you want to make about how practice is going, will be, uh, there'll be a context for that. And also, there'll be an opportunity, if you feel you want to have it, excuse me, an individual meeting with me, um, uh, there'll be a sign-up sheet on the board tomorrow morning, and you can sign up for an individual meeting. There's, there's not enough spaces for everyone, but, um, but if, uh, if you really feel it's important and we run out of spaces, uh, we'll find a time. <clears throat> so, um, so the, the next aspect I'd like to talk about, so that was all kind of touching on silence. And the next aspect I'd like to talk about is creating uh, an environment of safety through uh, our own commitment, each one of us, to not cause harm. 
And, um, and in that context, uh, I'm going to ask us to together take the five precepts. Uh, and um, the five precepts, these are, these are uh, training uh, rules. They're called you know, training rules. So it's not, it's not like a list of, you know, thou shalt not. But they're, they're to help us become aware of um, the, uh, the, the forces within us that um, may arise and, uh, and manifest in a way that could create harm. For example, um, the first precept it is not to kill, uh, not to kill any living creature. Um, the second precept is to refrain from taking that which is not given. The third is to refrain from sexual misconduct. So that's using sexuality in a way that uh, can in some way create harm. Um, the fourth is to refrain from lying. And, and on the retreat, it's uh, to stay in silence. And the fifth is um, to refrain from um, intoxicating drinks and drugs which lead to carelessness. And I, I wonder, um, these are called, these are also called, um, these five precepts, they're called the five faultless gifts. And I want to read the Buddha's words on these gifts, uh, or these these training precepts. <clears throat> there are these five gifts, five great gifts, original, long-standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated, unadulterated from the beginning, that are not open to suspicion, will never be open to suspicion and are unfaulted by knowledgeable contemplatives and Brahmins. Which five? So he goes through a, uh, you know, in, in, in the Buddha's teaching in the Pali Canon, because it's an oral tradition, there's a lot of repetition. So I'm just going to read um, uh, one, just one of them. And, um, uh, and I'll, I'll read the... Uh, the first one about abandoning the taking of life. I find, it, I find it just very beautiful. There is the case where a disciple of the noble ones, abandoning the taking of life, abstains from taking life. In doing so, <coughs> He gives freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, freedom from oppression to limitless number of beings. In giving freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, freedom from oppression to limitless numbers of beings, he gains a share in limitless freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, and freedom from oppression. 
This is the first gift, the first great gift, original, long-standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated from the beginning, that is not open to suspicion, will never be open to suspicion, and is unfaulted by knowledgeable contemplatives and Brahmins. And he goes through that for each of the five. So I'd like us to, I'm going to give out some, um, a, a certain, this is a, a certain expression of, uh, of the five precepts. So you could pass them around and we'll say them out loud together. This is the, um, a rewriting of the five precepts uh, from the Peacemaker Order of um, uh, which was founded by uh, a Zen master uh, Bernie Glassman, and it uh, it it emphasizes the interdependence of our lives. Thank you yeah. for clarifying that. Yeah, that could be a misunderstanding. Also, uh, uh, do we have enough? Okay, there's more here. Um, this the practice of non-harming and of virtue is one of the foundations for the arising of equanimity. So when we are not, uh, does everybody have a sheet now? Okay, thanks. So when we are not agitated uh, by um, feeling guilt or remorse or, or, and when we trust ourselves that we are not going to break these precepts because we have a, a deep commitment to them, we're able to be with our experiences in a way which is stable and aware and unmoved. So, you know, if we see something we like, you know, we, we're not good, we know we're not going to take what doesn't belong to us. You know, uh, we know that we're not going to um, use our sexuality in a way that is, uh, that is you know, harmful or uh, irresponsible. So, so this is, uh, it gives us a great sense of peace and, and trust in ourselves. So, uh, so the, this is uh, one of the reasons why I, I want us to say them aloud together. It's, it's an important basis for equanimity. So, so let's go ahead. <coughs> Knowing how, how deeply, deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to refrain from killing and to protect life. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to only take what is offered to me. 
knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to not intentionally harm myself or others through my sexuality and to be celibate during this retreat. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to speak the truth and to observe noble silence during this retreat. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment not to harm myself or others with alcohol or drugs and to abstain from any intoxicants during this retreat. So just a couple of other things I want to mention about uh, the retreat technology. <clears throat> there is a practice of simplicity in when we're on retreat. And, and in this context, you know, simplicity, you know, we actually, it's, it's fairly comfortable here, uh, and the food is pretty good. Some people think it's wonderful. Uh, and some people just, you know, appreciate it. Whatever your, your uh, response is or your judgment is around the food or maybe if the bed is maybe a, just right or, you know, as Goldilocks would say, not just a little too hard, a little too soft or, or just right. Uh, you know, maybe... Um, you know, the schedule is not perfect. You'd like the sittings to be a little shorter, a little longer, a little more free time, a little less free time. Uh, you know, and there are so many things that we can find to be dissatisfied with. So many things that we can find that are not, you know, in, perfectly in accord with our preferences. And so, and you know, especially, uh, keeping in mind the practice of equanimity, of just being with things as they are. You know, that we, we know that what, what our preferences are, and our preferences are our preferences, you know. I, if you give me the choice of chocolate or vanilla ice cream, I'll take chocolate every time. But, uh, but we don't always get our preferences, and so, so it's not to be attached to our preferences. Our preferences are there. But, but can we just let go of uh, attachment to our preferences and just be with things as they are? And actually, uh, we might, when we let go of attachment to our preferences, we might find gratitude arising for things as they are. We might find appreciation. We might find our, ourselves noticing that uh, we really actually are enjoying things as they are. So, um, so this, um, this practice of simplicity. Uh, another, word, another few words, Janet mentioned some things about the, the hall etiquette. I'd ask you to arrive n not, not just on time, but one or two minutes before the start of the sitting so that you can take your seat 
and you can uh, begin your sitting um, at the at the beginning of you know the scheduled time. And please don't wait for the teacher to arrive uh, when when it's time for sitting. Come into the hall, take your seat, begin your practice. You know this. Uh, I might be delayed because maybe I'm talking to a yogi, um, you know, or there might be some reason why. You know, just come in, take your seat, and begin your practice. You know, there's, there's no reason why you should just let your mind drift or, um, you know, or get into some inner conversation. Um, Again, as Janet said, don't leave the hall before the end of the sitting. Uh, if you feel that, you know, even if you're coughing, you know, even if you're coughing, uh, you don't need to leave the, the hall. You're not. You, it's not a disturbance. It's uh, it's just sound. You know, we might hear the sound of the furnace. We might hear the sound of the dishes rattling. We might hear the sound of someone coughing. It's just sound. You know, so. You don't need to feel that um, uh, it's it's a disturbance. In fact, many pe people have said, you know, when I've talked about this in groups, and somebody will say, "Yeah, you know, I was totally lost in a daydream, and then you started coughing, and just brought me back to the moment." So, so uh, you know, you could actually be helping someone's practice. <clears throat> um, you know, if you're if if you do have a cough and, and you're coughing a lot and you want to take a sip of water, that's okay. You can do that. Or if you have a cough drop and you want to put in a cough put a cough drop in your mouth, that's okay. Um, if you uh, if you feel you just can't meditate, uh, it, you, generally I'm going to talk about posture a little bit more, start, especially starting tomorrow. But if you feel you just can't meditate another minute, um, just quietly release your posture. Generally, we want to hold the posture in stillness. But if you just feel that uh, you need to shift, then just release your posture. Quietly take a little break. And then, um, if you can, come back into posture or just continue meditating with uh, you know, um, your your, uh, you know, your leg may be uh, you know, extended or something like that. Um, if you want to stretch before the sitting, that's good, but um, please don't do it here. Do it in your room or do it in the yoga room downstairs. <clears throat> uh, if you have a problem sitting because of an injury or a chronic pain, um, Please speak with me, and if it's helpful, we can find a place for you to do some or all of your sit sittings in a supine posture, so that's lying down. Um, so if that would be helpful to you. And you can also go back and forth between sitting in a chair and sitting on the floor. There are more chairs if, uh, if we need more chairs. And the final thing that I want to mention is that is the schedule. Um, please just surrender to the schedule. Um, don't, you know, don't spend time thinking, do I want to go to that sitting? Do I want to go to that walking? Uh, just, 
just um, allow the schedule to carry you. Uh, it's it just you know it it's helpful just to not engage in inner dialogue about whether you this is what you feel like doing right now or not. Um, if you feel that uh, there's a reason for you um, to maybe go take a walk um, and not sit, you know, sometimes there can be uh, a good reason to do that. Then please speak to me about it. You can, uh, if, you know, you can either leave a note or if you, if you need to just, uh, you know, talk to me as as I'm coming into the hall. You, you can, we can, will quietly just find a place to. Uh, to talk, um, and um, but you can you know you can ask yourself. Sometimes we feel that things are very problematic because we're we're extending the mind into the future. We're projecting into the future. But a good question to ask yourself is, you know, am I okay in this moment? Is it okay? Just right now, you know, am I okay with this? And we usually find that actually we are, you know, but it's, it's more projecting our, our attention into the future. We're worried about, will I be okay with it in half an hour or 40 minutes or whatever? So, but if we can stay grounded in the present moment and say, yeah, am I okay with this right now? We can find, yeah, I can be with this right now. Uh, oh, and just one last thing. I just saw a note. Um, again, it it's kind of pertains to the schedule. And, and for some people who have been on retreat, this might seem obvious, but it might not be if you're new to retreat. I really suggest that you not walk into town. Stay in this container of the retreat center. So if you feel like having a walk, you know, it, it, it actually, it's very precious this time when we're, you know, we're removing ourselves from, you know, all the messages of our culture and, you know, all the, you know, the commerce and the busyness of life. And, you know, Arne Pryor is a kind of small town. It's not like, you know, downtown Montreal <coughs> or Toronto. But, uh, but actually, you really feel if you move, if you, if you move from just the the stillness and the seclusion of the center. It's only just a very short time that we have together. So I really encourage you to, to stay on the retreat grounds and, and uh, take your walks here and, and just really give yourself the gift of, of, uh, of this silence and peace. So um, we're going to take a few minutes break and then we're going to have a short sitting. I'm going to give some instruction as a kind of a guided meditation into the practice. Uh, David is going to lead us in, a, in a, a few little stretches and if you need to uh, get up and, uh, and use the washroom, you know, just come, just go and come back in, you know, as, as we do this and we'll take about 10 minutes break. So if you like. Thank you for listening. 
To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.